0: You know, Chris mentioned this before, but um, we really we had a privilege um, yesterday. Um, myself, Leanne, uh, I took Francis and Chris and Kath as well. Um, we went down to Barry Goodwood's conference in Bolton um, to go and see what they were doing. It's called the fixed conference. They do it every year. During the course of the day, and we were only in for a little bit, there were at least 500 people, probably even more than that. Um, and these were all people who were ex- addicts um, these were people who um, had really seen a lot of difficult things happen in their life and and they were getting up and they were sharing stories about Jesus totally turned their life around um, and and it, it just listening to the stories of people saying I was trapped and I was I was broken and there was there was no way left for me and that they would say that I met Jesus and um, it just brought a whole new meaning to that song, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound That Saved a Wretch Like Me. When you stand there with hundreds of addicts and they're singing, How Sweet the Sound That Saved a Wretch Like Me, it was, it was touching um, for us to, to just be a part of that. Um, and I would um, strongly recommend that if you've um, never heard of Barry Woodward's work, um, or if you ever want to get involved in anything he's doing, then come and have a chat with us, have a chat with my mum, she works for him a day a week and um, it's a it's a great it's a great privilege to be there we were all very blessed to see it it just uh, it recharged us so today um, i got a suitable eye roll from Andy and he said what's your title and i said the baby is being birthed um, it has even more relevance uh, considering somebody just told me I look like I was pregnant, not many names, <laughs> praise God, no, but I, I, it's not a, a hint or anything like that, um, I, I'm, I'm going to explain it a little bit, um, so many of you will know that before I came here to pastor here, I used to work for Mark Curtis, Mark Curtis came to preach with us um, quite a while back, um, in fact it wasn't that long ago. And I remember once, he sat us down as a team, and this is serious, and then he repeated it in one of his events. he came and he sat us all down and he said, right, everybody, I'm pregnant. <coughs> and we all looked at him and went, what's it on with? And he said, I've got this vision for 36 new nations. We're going to launch ministries in 36 new nations. He said, and I'm birthing it currently. The Lord's told me I'm birthing it. He said, so he said, if you've ever seen a woman giving birth, he said, that's what I'm gonna be like over the next few weeks, few months. I'm like, oh. He said, so if I get snappy with you, if I say anything daft, if I don't tolerate your stuff, he said, just realize I'm birthing something. I need you to have grace. And I thought, I'll see with him?" And he got up and uh, he was ministering at a conference and he said, he said, I'm pregnant with nations and everybody's giggling. Do you know what, during lockdown, he birthed the ministries in 36 new nations, just like the Lord had told him. He, he did exactly what the Lord had told him. But I remember that season when he was birthing it spiritually, when it was coming to pass, where it was the Lord had placed it in him and he'd carried it, but now it was time to actually see it come to pass. And uh, I, to be honest, as someone that was sat under his ministry, I didn't fully understand what was going on in his life as he was birthing it. Um, it, it, it was just a bit of a, a strange concept to me, um, and now that I'm pastoring and we've got this vision that we're birthing as a church, I understand exactly what he's talking about, uh, and if Mark's watching the recording, then Mark, you can have a good laugh and tell, tell me I told you so, but, um, you know, it, it's been a, a great season, hasn't it? We've talked about all the things the Lord has done for us recently, it's felt like... What, every week, every couple of weeks there's been a push forward towards the vision, another push, another push another push and and when a woman gives birth there's a push, isn't there? There's contractions yeah I'm not, I'm not an expert but I'm a little bit of an expert I remember once going to see um, my sister, she said that she was uh, she thought she was in labour she wasn't sure was what she said right, so I picked up brother-in-law i took him to her house and we went upstairs and he started packing the stuff ready for the hospital and i said to her how are you doing she said well i think i'm in labor she said but i'm not sure they say you'll know i said all right and then she went (laughs) (laughs)
1: oh
0: yeah you're in labor i said you're about to pop i said oh quick and it it was like minutes in between you know she's talking to me for a few minutes and then again she's oh and i said yeah it's time to go to hospital now um, so I, I, I'm not an expert from personal experience, but I saw it one time for a couple of minutes. Um, so anyway, I want to talk today about this because those who journey closely with me and see me in the week and don't just see me on a Sunday um, will realise that I'm absolutely exhausted. <laughs> I'm very cranky. <laughs> and uh, and i keep apologizing to the people close to me and i said the only way i can explain it to you is this the same thing that mark said to me i'm birthing something and this is being birthed before my eyes every week the lord breaks through a circumstance and we take another step closer towards the vision it's like another push another contraction but on the leadership team that weighs heavy because we're the ones that have got to do a lot of the pushing when there's a push we're often involved in it and so this past week, I've been utterly exhausted because i felt like I've been in between contractions. That's what I said to the leadership team uh, the other day. I said, I feel as if I'm in between contractions and I'm absolutely exhausted. I said, and I said to the Lord, Lord, I'm exhausted. And he said, get ready for the next one next week and the one after that and the one after that. You're going to have to learn how to rest in between because I'm pushing it forward quickly. And, and I thought, well, what, what are you on with, Lord? What does that mean? And... Yeah, last night we went to this conference and it was at the Bridge Church in Bolton. Now, when my mum got saved when I was a young child, maybe five, we went to the Bridge Church and that was where I grew up until I was about 17. That was the church I was a part of. I got the call to ministry when I was in that church and I used to dream and the Lord used to show me uh, things that I would do in the future, that, at the time seemed like a huge dream. Do you remember those days when we used to do that? 13 years old the lord called me into ministry in that very church and i stood in that church last night as i saw all these people with transformed lives worshiping the lord and singing that he'd set them free and we were in the middle of worship and the lord spoke to me and he showed me the vision and he said it's time you know how long i've waited to hear that he said it's time and he showed it to me again and he said it's time and I said, But Lord, we don't have what we need. And he said, I'll give you everything you need. And suddenly I realized we have phase one, phase two, and phase three. And I've been saying to you, give me a year and maybe the Lord will fill the church. Give me a couple of years and we'll have a couple of churches in the UK. Give me five to ten and we'll have some in the nations. And I think the Lord's about to accelerate it and blow it up a lot quicker. And I think you're gonna say to me, Oh Ben, that you know, you 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 have little faith. When we look back, we're going to say, oh, what little faith we had when we started out, because I believe the Lord's going to do it in a ridiculously fast amount of time. And so as a church, we've got to be ready because it's time the baby's being birthed. It's coming now. It's not going to come in 10 years. It's coming now. And I feel the Lord has laid very strongly on my heart that we have to get prepared. I said to the leadership team last night, I said, right, the Lord's told me it's time we need a leadership meeting this week. We're going to start talking about what that looks like. uh, Because... God's doing something so fast, I can't keep up with it. Isn't it amazing what he's been doing, guys? I mean, we, we listed some of the things that he's been doing, but the the growth, and, and he's bringing in team members that um, and, and people that are catching the vision and moving with us, and, and I just believe and sense that word that, that Chris shared this morning has been on my heart since the day I came to this church. Behold, I'm doing a new thing, and I'll make rivers in the desert. Um, and I believe the Lord is doing it and the Lord is doing it quickly and so today I'm going to preach the vision. Um, I often preach the vision so that we know where we're going. I'm going to do it again to make sure you know where we're going um, because otherwise I can get up and say I'm birthing something and people think I'm like, I don't know, maybe I'm having a baby or something It's i big lad. So I have to explain what's going on when I say these things. Okay, but we are birthing the vision. It's happening before our eyes and it will accelerate. From this point on, it will not slow down. It will go quicker than what it's gone before. Let's go to First Thessalonians. Do you know, I said before, when we changed the name of the church to hub, that when the early church used to church plant, they used to plant hubs. They used to plant these strategic locations that would be preaching the gospel and it would filter out from there Okay, and that's, that was part of the reason that we, we named ourselves the hub and I want to look up one of the hubs in the Bible and it was the church in Thessalonica and Paul writes to them and we see that what they were doing is exactly the model of the vision that we are going after right now So let's turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verses 2 to 3. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labour of love, and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. So, do you know Paul planted that church and he had weeks with them? I think it was about a month, and then he got chased out of town. You ever planted a church where you plant a church and after a month you're out and they're running it themselves? That was the the, kind of the situation with Thessalonica. Paul wasn't there that long when he planted it. And he writes this letter back to them. And I love that he says, we give thanks to God for you. Constantly remembering you in our prayers. Remembering before our God and Father. what, What does he remember of them? What does he think of them? Well, they were a hub in their community. So it mentions three things that they did. It mentions, first of all, your work of faith. So they believed, but they didn't just believe, they did something with it, the works of faith. You see what I mean? It goes both together. They believed and they did. They did things in their community because they believed. They acted on the faith they had in Christ. And then it says, so your work of faith and labor of love, So this was a church that worked from a place of love. So they didn't just do it because they just did it. It wasn't tradition. It wasn't religion. It wasn't what they'd done in the past. They did what they did because they loved people. So they believed and acted upon it. They loved people and it motivated their actions. You know, these are things that we we need to do. If you're going to be a hub in your community, you've got to have works of faith. Come on. You've got to have labours of love. If we're going to do something, it's got to come from love. And then he remembers of them that they have steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know that we have hope in Jesus Christ? We have hope. So right now, we believe, we love people, and it makes us do things. But we also have hope for the future. We have hope for the next year that the Lord's going to do something great amongst us. But we have hope That when it comes to the end of our lifetime, we will meet our Saviour. And this is what that church was known for. It was a little hub in its community. Isn't that great? They had works of faith. They were prompted by love. And they had a great hope in Jesus Christ. You know, to have those three things we're going to be a great little hub if we have those three things. They were in their community. And they believed, they had love, they had hope, and they did something with it. And that stays one of our vision to be like that. To be a central point in the place where we have been planted. I like, I like the church in Thessalonica because when you read that, really, what Paul's saying is, I remember the fact you've got your house in order. And I question you have we got our house in order because you won't get phase two and phase three until our house is in order until we've got it right in here. Do we have works of faith? Are we prompted by love? And do we remember that our hope is in Jesus Christ? Hey, it's good, isn't it? I I heard a preacher say recently, I'm preaching myself happy. I'm preaching myself happy. I don't know if anybody else is happy. But well, let's go to First Thessalonians now. Let's keep reading. Chapter 1, verses 4 to 7. And this is going to show us the phase 2 of our vision. And 4 to 7 says this. For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you. Because our gospel came to you not only in the word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full, of, full of conviction. Um, you know what kind of men we proved to be among you um, for your sake. And you became imitators of all. And the Lord Jesus, for you received the word in much affliction and the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. I think that's how you say it. Uh, I'm not an expert on pronouncing some of these Bible words. Okay, so did you notice they heard the gospel, they received it, they didn't just do something nice amongst themselves, but they went out into the community around them. And this is the vision that we hold. So they they accepted Christ and the house was in order. Now they became an example to other areas as well. And so we've got to make sure that in phase one, that we are making sure that our house is in order because I believe that we are going to become an example to then go and plant out i mean it mentions two places nearby to them that they were influencing if you like do you know you're going to influence different parts of the uk yeah. because of what you're doing here yes, come on yeah. Yeah. serious i remember somebody once um, held a bit of a, a prayer thing with some students when i worked for an organization in zambia and she got all these students together said so it's time to pray for the salvation of all these people that we're about to minister to and she said and it was hot and they were tired and they prayed for about 15 minutes and they were like, please, Lord. And they just didn't want to do it. And so she called them together and she said, how dare you? She said, lives are at stake. Get it together. She said, you can only bother to pray for 15 minutes. Get it together. And they went, oh. And then they prayed and they had a powerful prayer time and then not that long after they went out and they saw loads of people saved. But you know, this is serious. We're gonna be an influencing force to other parts of the country. We've gotta get it right. We've gotta have the works of faith. We've gotta be prompted by love and we've gotta have hope in Jesus Christ. We have to be what our name calls us and be a hub for the preaching of the gospel, for following Jesus, for loving people and for being family and community. And as we do that, we will become an example and begin to plant around the UK. And it will happen naturally, the Lord will open the doors and I believe he's going to open them quickly. So be ready for it. It's not going to be long before I'm going to get up and I'm going to say we're going to be planting somewhere because they've heard of what we're doing and they want us to get moving. Come on. And then we go into phase three. Do you see now the vision of the early church was really quite similar to what we're trying to do here? First Thessalonians chapter 1. Verses 8 to 10, let's keep going. 8 to 10 says, For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere, so that we need not say anything. For they themselves report concerning to us the kind of reception we had among you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living God. And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. Whoa. So it says there, and he, he was with this church for a month, bearing mind before he left them. He says, You've got works of faith, you're prompted by love, you've got hope in Jesus Christ. You've become an, an example to the surrounding communities, and their churches are now connecting in with you, and things are happening there because you're reaching out. Well, then it says, "The word of the Lord has come from you and gone everywhere." Did you see that? Did you see it? Yes, sir. For the word, for not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we need not say anything. Paul says that people were going up to him and saying, have you heard about the church in Thessalonica and how they received God? Paul's like, yeah, I was the one that preached. (laughs) And they're going, but have you heard what they're doing? You know, guys, I believe the Lord is about to accelerate what's happening in here so fast that people will say the same thing to us as what Paul said to the Thessalonian church, that people are going to be coming to us and saying, whoa, have you heard what's been going on there? The word of the Lord may sound forth from this church into the nations. Come on. Somebody better be there than that. Because the word of the Lord is not just for us to enjoy and to come and to feed and soak in it and think, yeah, this is great. But we've got to move with it into that community. And when we move into that community, the Lord will say, now it's time, I'm going to give you more communities. And as we begin to move into other communities, the Lord will say, it's time, I'm going to give you nations. Come on. It makes it very serious when we come to church. And we realize that what we do in here will affect the salvations of people in our community. It will affect the eternal destiny of people in our country. It will affect the eternal destiny of people who are bound by false religion around the world. Because we are going to fight. Let's have a look at some of these nations. I'm going to read them out from on. Got some nations that we as a team said the Lord was calling us to go after, and this is what we're going to go after Morocco, Algeria, Tunisia, Libya, Egypt, Sudan, South Sudan, Uganda, Kenya, Somalia. Come on, Iraq, Syria, Jordan, Saudi Arabia, Oman, Yemen, India, Afghanistan. Come on, Thailand, Myanmar, Vietnam, Philippines, Singapore's on there ordeals on there? Do you know the Lord's going to give you everyone because he promised it to us? And so I really want to encourage you as a church, we are going into a season of mass acceleration, Well, don't be afraid, it's exactly what they did in the Bible. Do you see now what I'm talking about? When I go on with this thing of, we're going to get the house in order and we're going to do this, this, this. Here, we're going to go into the community, then we're going to go into the UK, then we're going to go around the world. People have the model that they had here. That is the exact biblical model of how they did things. They preached the gospel where they were planted and they reached out into the surrounding areas and they filtered and filtered and filtered. And I really believe, because I've carried part of that vision. For a long time, I've carried it for a long time, and I've been waiting for a long time, impatiently, might I add, for the salvations of people who are bound. And last night we stood there in the church and the Lord. said, this time, I'm going to give you everything you need. It's time. Amen. As a team, we've got to figure out what that looks like, but we're going to figure out what that looks like because the Lord is going to help us. Uh, but, but guys, we've got to get ready because something big's going down. Seriously now, something big's going down in here. Uh, and I always say this: when I was in Tanzania, and um, there was a church. And when we went to visit it, I said afterwards to this guy, "What did you think of that church?" And he said, "That church knows how to honor the presence of the Lord, and I praise the church that will know how to honor the presence of the Lord because He's in our midst." Because he's in each one of us. So you know whenever you show up the presence of the Lord's there. Well we need to learn how to honour the presence of the church. And I I really believe I've seen great growth in that here. I remember where we were before. I remember where we are now. And I'm telling you the Lord is about to accelerate on a whole new level. The contractions, the pushes are going to be every single week. Because the Lord has heard the cries of his people. And it's time for a wave of freedom to break out. And we're gonna look back on days like this. Come on, when we've got 100 churches and 200 churches and people saved in all of these nations and we're gonna look back on days like this and say, can you believe where it started? Can you believe that? you all think I'm daft right now, but I'm telling you the baby's being birthed. And so if I look exhausted, I am. If I look crabby, I probably am, but God is so good. And God is moving powerfully here, and I really sense it that it's time. It's not going to be time in 10 years, it's not going to be time in 20 years, it's time now. Things are starting now. The Lord's moving things that we've not even realised are being moved yet to prepare the way for us. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord, you hear the cries of your people. Lord, we believe. We have faith Lord, we believe in you Lord, we believe that you are the Lord, that you reign Lord, but Lord let us not just believe and do nothing but Lord may we be doers of the word, may our faith move us to action Lord. I pray Lord that as a church everything we do will be prompted by love, love of you and love of people and I thank you Lord that we have a glorious hope, thank you Lord for each one of us there is hope in our situations and circumstances there is hope and lord for when our time on earth is done we just pray lord we have great hope that one day we will stand before you and we will be able to see you at last thank you thank you lord lord may you use us powerfully as a church Lord, may we see many saved in Rome Green. We ask for it, Lord. Would you use us? Lord, may we see many saved throughout the UK. Lord, would you use us? We dare to ask, Lord. We are not worthy, and we have all got stories. but Lord, you're enough. And so, Lord, I dare to ask, would you use us as a church in our nation? Lord, I dare to ask, would you use us as a church To break the chains of Islam, of Taoism, of Buddhism, of Hinduism. Lord, may we be a church, Lord, that brings your glorious gospel into the world, Lord. Lord, we just say we want to give you all the glory. Thank you, Lord. Oh, what amazing grace you show us, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want to go into a time of corporate prayer. We've been trying to learn this as a church. I've been pushing it. I've been trying to give you space to do it. We've got to know how to pray together. It shouldn't always just be me pray, everybody say amen, and off you all go. But there are some people in here, and the Lord told me today that you think, oh, I don't want to pray in this corporate setting because I don't have the words to speak. And I want to encourage you. The Lord says there are some of you that have prayers that need to be prayed over the church. There are some of you that don't think your voice is is enough, but the Lord says you need to pray and speak it out. I don't know who that is. But I just want to honour that by giving a time of corporate prayer. and So I'm going to switch off my microphone. I'm going to be sat there praying. And anybody who wants to pray aloud in this time, if you want to pray quietly, the Lord hears you. But if you want to pray aloud, if you've got something to share with the church, um, then speak it. And if you need a microphone, then obviously come in without a Let's just go into a time of prayer. Just feel free. Just feel free.